0: There are two tales waiting for you, told one after the other by an odd set of two. So prepare yourself, dear one, because this is Drops of Darkness.
1: I am stranger, and I tell only fantasies. Whenever your world has a grip on your throat, I am there waiting to unleash the monsters that sleep in my mind so that they may remind you that you have sharp teeth and claws of your own. Most religious types would have you believe that no soul that passes through the fiery gates of hell ever escapes an eternity of torment and torture. But they would be mistaken. They've never seen either hell or heaven for themselves. So how could they know that demons would rarely turn down the chance to make a good deal with either the living or the dead? So long as it was kept secret from the morning star, as Lucifer does not take kindly to humans escaping their due anguish. But you see, sometimes it was worth the risk Demons are vain creatures, after all, with a long list of desires that aren't easy to come by in Hell without a little creativity. So if a human had attained an especially impressive level of skill of interest to a demon, they could find themselves spared from some of the worst that Hell had to offer. For the rare few whose skill were desired by a number of Lucifer's horde, They could barter their way into an eternal existence that could resemble something so far as nice, even. Once they got used to the smell of brimstone and sulfur, one of these rare souls was Benjamin, who had been a farrier in life. He cared for the hooves of many king's horses, which was enough to garner attention. His boots had barely sunk into the crushed bone sand before he found himself standing before a dreadful denizen of the inferno, and deals were struck. So even after death, Benjamin continued his duties, this time maintaining and caring for the hooves of demons as the farrier of hell. It wasn't long at all, a mere 2,000 years, until he had struck a deal with each of the high ranking demonic princes. Beelzebub gave a bowl made from an opened skull that would fill with whatever food and drink Benjamin would ever want. Sothanas, with a list of names, used every part of himself that was sharp and jagged to enact the rage that Benjamin never acted on in life. Belphegor cored out a black mountain at the edge of hell, far away from where Lucifer might find him and filled it with soft places to rest his intact flesh. Mammon looked into Benjamin's mind and saw everything he ever wanted and went to earth himself to steal every last bit. Leviathan also took to the living world, but not for treasures. This demon learned who Ben had ever been envious of and took his time in taking everything that those people held dear. And finally, using clay dug out from the charred sifting sands. Asmodeus took great care in constructing multiple companions for Ben who would satisfy any of his physical desires. In return, Benjamin plucked shards of broken teeth from their hooves, sculpted razor-sharp edges, and polished each one into black mirrors. Finally, he would fit them with shoes made of hell glass he forged himself from the molten sands that circled the Lake of Fire. It wasn't long before the demon princes grew horribly fond of their little pet. All of them but one. Belphegor, although eager to follow along with the other princes in their dealings with Benjamin, seemed indifferent on the best of days, and downright vile on the others, But Benjamin had dealt with many ill-tempered beasts in his life, and Belphegor was, after all, a demon, so he felt no offense. "'They seem to like you,' Ben said, nodding to one of the many cats that roamed the underworld. He was trimming Belphegor's inky black hoof, the excess coming off in curls that fell between his feet. "'Is there a reason they seek you out?' Belphegor gave no answer to Benjamin's question, and tried to brush the calico feline away, but to no avail. It came right back to curl up next to the demon's clawed hand, its purr thrumming in its small chest. Belphegor's true visage was one of the most difficult out of all the demons for Benjamin's human mind to comprehend but the atmosphere of disdain and annoyance was unmistakable. "'Why are cats the only animal that go to hell?' Benjamin asked, unperturbed by the lack of responses so far. "'I've only been here a few thousand years,' he said. "'But all I've ever seen are humans, demons, and cats.'" "'You rarely stray far from your cave, little soul.'" Lest the morning star discovers your unflayed flesh and decides to torture you himself. So then it's not just cats that come here? No animal souls come to hell at the end of their life, Belvigor said, a somber tone tinging his infinite voices. Every cat you see here is alive. They just happen to know the way, and Lucifer enjoys their company. Alive? Benjamin nearly dropped his knife. What do you mean alive? How do they get in? If you're thinking that you found a way to escape, don't. You are already dead. There is nowhere you will ever exist that isn't right here. Oh, no, of course, Benjamin said, returning to his work. I'm just surprised that the devil would allow creatures from outside his realm to come and go like that. That's all. You know the Morning Star that well, do you? And that was the end of the conversation. Not because Benjamin was done with his questions, but because for the first time, each of the princes had descended upon his secret home all at once. The devil knows of our deal, human, Mammon said. We must flay him quickly before he's found so... intact, said Leviathan, who drew a long knife from his skins. The others agreed. The demons grabbed him and stretched his limbs open wide. He was about to face the simultaneous skills of Hell's master torturers, and they had lost time to make up for. But still, Benjamin remained quiet in the grip of the demons, preparing himself for his first real taste of pain. Just as the tip of Leviathan's knife was about to make its first split, he heard the voices of Belphegor. The The only only end end this this will serve is to insult the the devil. You think he will not smell the freshness of his wounds? That he does does not not already know every detail of this transgression. transgression? You, you act as, as if punishment, punishment isn't the very, very food we eat, and as, as if our bodies, bodies aren't knit together by, by sin sins. itself. And do you think he will not smell the stench of your unwillingness to inflict pain, Belphegor? Hissed Asmodeus. You reek of compassion, O oh mighty prince. But before any of the demons could continue their squabble, they drowned in white and black feathers, choking on the devil's anger as they writhed before the morning star, who was both man and beast. He was made of a light so pure that it drew all other light to it, casting everything around him in an all-consuming darkness. His all-white eyes looked only at Benjamin. You must be an impressive soul to have lured so many of my kin to your knife and file, human said the devil, stepping lightly between the squirming demons. His huge mottled wings, even pulled against his back, still dragged through the sand, leaving twin trails in their wake. I can hardly blame demons for making deals, he said, waving a lazy hand in the air. The princes went still, and then rose to hang in midair as they waited for Lucifer's judgment. It's a part of their nature, after all but I do hate when it results in a soul being in such a perfect condition. I do have a reputation to uphold. You understand that, don't you, Benjamin? Benjamin did understand, and knew that this meeting would come at one point or another, so he nodded. The devil snapped his fingers, and Benjamin's home and everything in it turned to ash. Whatever trades you have made with these demons are now null and void. You owe a debt to this realm and me, its master, of 2,000 years of suffering. And as penance for cowering from your duty as a damned soul of hell to submit to your punishments? You owe me double, not in years, but intensity, as now it shall be done by my hands." Then the devil unfurled his wings once more, and Benjamin found himself drawn into the void that surrounded the fallen angel. He felt the substance of his soul pulled apart into fine mist, and for a moment, he felt nothing because he was nothing. It could have been half a second, or it could have been another thousand years. Benjamin had no way of telling. But soon enough, he found himself whole again, and standing before a great throne. On it sat Lucifer, lazing with a black and white tomcat sleeping in his lap. That was impressive, Benjamin said, testing his hands with the flex. They seemed to have bought it. Thank you, old friend, but it was nothing, really. I am the Prince of Lies, after all. Now," he said, stroking the cat's fur. ''Are you ready to make good on our deal, Benjamin?'' The farrier nodded. ''I promised I'd find the angel hiding in your ranks, and I have... well, at least I have the means to.'' The devil raised a brow and waited for an explanation. Benjamin pulled a small tool roll from his pocket and untied the strings. I never knew when you'd decide to show up, so I made sure to keep these with me, he said, unrolling the leather to reveal six glossy hoof trimmings, each in a slightly different shade of black. On them was a name crudely carved into each of their surfaces, the names of each demon that made deals with him. For this to work, I'll need something from you, he said to the master of hell. To find your imposter, I'll need a piece from another angel oh tricky one aren't you old soul the devil said with a grin very well he lifted the free flowing fabric that draped over his body exposing his beast like legs and a pair of hooves that were more than just black they were the pure absence of light careful warned Samael the fallen one and once god's favorite son If you stare into the reflection of my hooves, you will cease to exist in every way that isn't pure suffering and anguish. You are welcome to trim them, but your eyes should stay closed. And Benjamin, said the devil, make a single mistake and I will invent a new level of pain just for you. The farrier nodded at Lucifer's smiling face, and he drew his knife and file. With his eyes focused at a point on the wall above the stone throne, Benjamin went about his work, his hands drawing on what had now been thousands of years of working with hooves of demons. And he had become more skilled in hell than he'd ever been on earth. He traced the smooth grain with his fingers, Then followed that path with his knife. Once the shape felt right, Benjamin began to file it smooth, ensuring the bottoms were perfectly level. There was no hesitation in his movements, and by the end of it, Benjamin didn't need his eyes to see that this had been the most perfect work he'd ever completed. He knew now that every cut of his knife before had been practice for the hooves of the devil. Now you have your pieces, Lucifer said. Show me my intruder. Benjamin gathered the trimmings of all the princes of hell and approached the pit of hellfire at the center of the throne room. First he cast in Lucifer's and then the others one by one. The demons will burn alike just as the angels will burn in their own way. Since you yourself are an angel, all you must do is read the name of the one who burns as you do, Morning Star. So the devil approached and discovered which of the demons had been replaced with an intruder from heaven, and once he knew, he asked if Benjamin was okay with damning the one who had saved him from Leviathan's blade, Belphegor. Benjamin shrugged. I gave you my word that I'd do as you asked. I didn't force him to invade your home. Very well, old friend. We shall have an entertaining night, won't we, sweet boy? Cooed the devil at the cat who followed at his heels. Now for you, said Lucifer in a business-like tone. You've held up your end of the deal, so tell me. What favor will you be asking of the devil? Benjamin had had quite a while to weigh his options as their deal was struck when he first entered hell. But still, he hadn't decided until that very moment. First, I went back what the princes had given me. I fulfilled my end of my business with them, so it's fair that I get to keep my payments. Lucifer nodded, amused. And, Benjamin continued, for our trade, I wonder, if the cats come and go as they please, how big of an animal do you think you could slip through wherever they come in? And so... Benjamin lived out eternity quite comfortably, and the farrier spent his days with a view of endless sands, few barn cats, and his horse, fitted with shoes made of hell glass, allowing them to ride wherever they wished.
2: Hello everyone. In between our stories, we like to highlight a cause that is worth our collective attention. For September, we decided to highlight the People's Fund of Maui. This is a nonprofit dedicated to providing direct financial support to those affected by the Maui wildfires. You can find out more and donate at peoplesfundofmaui.org or from the link on our website at dropsofdarkness.com. Now, back into the shadows we go. I am someone. And I tell only truth, whenever something slithers through the barrier between worlds, I am there, not to stop them, but to watch them and remind you of the countless terrors your kind has survived, all on their own. I was talking to my dad one day when I was in high school about ghosts and just telling him about some weird experiences that i've had i was surprised that he was so open to the conversation of ghosts considering he is a pastor he mentioned that he has had things happen to him pretty regularly for example the day before he does a funeral he will always get a sign from the person he's about to put to rest and he considers it a sign that they are okay I had then mentioned how I always hated our basement and the attic in our old house and how it always gave me the creeps and just weird feelings and how I never felt comfortable there. He then asked me if he had ever told me the story of the woman that he had heard talking to me as a baby and I was like uh no. We had been in the house only a few months, the only people home were me a 4 month old upstairs in my crib crying and my dad, We only had one tv in the house in the living room and it was off, my dad didn't have any music on or the radio or anything, he was grabbing something in the kitchen and was about to head up the stairs to get me, when he heard an older woman's voice say in a very surprised tone, oh it's a little baby, the voice startled him, and he ran up the stairs as fast as he could, but there was no one there besides me in my crib. This encounter freaked him out enough that he then did a little blessing in my room.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Drops of Darkness, which is written, voiced, and produced by Anadine Vaughn and Cameron Elkwike. If you enjoyed your drift into the shadows, help keep the stories alive by sharing the show, leaving a review, and if you really want to earn the favor of these dark storytellers, tether yourself to their world by tapping subscribe. If you have a true paranormal story of your own that you'd like to be read by someone, you can make the offering to submissions at dropsofdarkness.com or through the form on our website. Until next time, dear one, and remember, when the darkness looks your way, hold its gate.